Today, I'm joined by Dana Seisha of Wisconsin. We get to talk a little bit about enjoying the moment in hunting without necessarily taking a harvest, uh, being sensitive to other hunters, finding connections in our hunting and fishing community in the outdoors, and at some point, how it just all comes together, how that hard work makes the end result even so much sweeter. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining in to another Her Wild Outdoors episode. Mm -hmm. Today, we've got Dana Seisha with us, and I'm excited to hear a little bit about you, Dana, and and how you've kind of gotten started in the outdoors, but then your part in our hunting and outdoor community, and you've got some exciting things to talk about. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's a beautiful morning here in Wisconsin. And so I was just uh, really excited to be able to be part of your um, your podcast. I, you've, you've had a lot of great uh, women on here with some great stories. So it's always great to be part of a, a community that um, shares common interests and passions. Awesome. Thank you for that. That's It's yeah. the goal just to have women on here that and men who support women in the outdoors and in hunting uh, who we can completely relate to, who are all about transparency and honesty, the good and the bad, the the hard times, because let's just admit, if you're hunting and fishing, there are going to be hard times. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. There has been so many learning um, curves and heartaches and disappointments, but so many highs, you know, as much as maybe not as much as the lows because uh-huh. it's a learning, <laughs> but there's definitely the highs, um, Trump, the lows for sure. So, yeah. Um, so to your question, mm-hmm. kind of how did I get into hunting? Yes. So I actually, I started later in life. I really was born a city girl and then I married into the country Uh, So my ex-husband actually was from the country. So we moved into the country. And so for me, that was a really big shift. And at that time, I wasn't quite sure about it, to be honest, because it wasn't a lifestyle at that time that I was really living in. When I moved here, um, it really, it didn't take me long to shift into something new. And it was really quite transformational that changed my life for for the better. And Mm -hmm. when we moved out here, we ended up um, buying some land and we would only go out there to camp and, and just, you know, do bonfires and stuff. And my ex-husband always hunted and he would take my boys out when they were younger. And, um, you know, they'd come back, the kids would come back and they'd be so excited if they, you know, got a coon or, you know, something like that, or maybe a pheasant. And I just didn't quite understand like the excitement and, and everything of it. And so when my oldest son turned 12, he was going to take a hunter safety class. And I thought, you know, I had two boys. I got to figure out a way here, how I can get on the mm-hmm. same page with these guys and find ways to relate with them. And, and so I'm like, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to take the hunter safety class with him and maybe I'll try turkey hunting. And so I, I went and did the class and, um, you know what I thought, well, geez, turkey hunting. I don't know. I just, I hemmed and hawed about it. Well, my ex-husband had decided that he was going to build me a hunting shack. Cause I was like, well, it's just seems so cold to go out there. Like I just wasn't <laughs> on board with like all of the sitting out, um, at, you know, freezing your, your tail end off and getting up early. I just didn't get it at that time. And then, um, so he ended up building me a hunting shack. So um, we had hunted a few times together on the ground, but um, I eventually decided that I wanted to go out hunting by myself. And I, I went up in the, this tree stand and it was actually a very transformational experience mm-hmm. for me. I was able to actually see my land and my property from a whole different perspective. You know, when you're looking at it from, you know, 20 feet up in the air versus just looking at it from a camping perspective, like I just was able to see things that I'd never seen before. And what I realized is that it was actually one of the most, um, beautiful probably moments of my life because what had happened is at that time in my life, I was running a very busy business. You know, I had two young kids. I was a mom and a wife and, um, you know, I was taking care of my employees and my clients and my office and uh, my home life and all of those things. So it was just 24 seven, go, go, go. And when I was walking up this ladder into my tree, uh, it was really a tree stand. It was just a a small little, um, tin box, if you will, up on Mm -hmm. stilts, but I got up there and it was just like, 
everything went quiet and the phone wasn't ringing and uh, the clients weren't calling and the employees weren't needing me and the kids were not there. And it was just like all of a sudden the world stopped. It was just like the most interesting time I had had in a really long time. And all of a sudden, like there was just these turkeys coming out on the field and they were just enjoying each other's company. And then there was does out there with um, just, you know, younger fawns yet. And they were just, it was snowing and it was so mesmerizing to me to just watch this from a different perspective that I'd never really seen before. And I was just having such a great time seeing it because like, I always remember it seeing the does and, and the fawns just like playing and they literally were like, it almost looked like they were playing tag and I could almost hear them like, touching each other and saying like, take you're it. Like they were just having oh, that yeah. much fun there. And it was just so fun to watch. And the sun started setting. And I remember like the colors in the sunset were just like gorgeous. Like it was just like something I would have missed. And all of a sudden this big, like massive buck started to come out to, he come out from the woods and he like stopped right on the wood line. And he just was so mesmerizing because I could literally see him like being so stout and like massive. He knew like he owned the whole territory, but he was right. so <laughs> And you could just like every step you could just see like how cautious he was and he was making sure like it was okay to come out to the field. And, you know, if my husband would have been in the stand with me, he would have been definitely saying like, get your gun, you need to shoot. And I was just like in that moment, I was just so mesmerized by everything that was happening. And I was witnessing, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to just enjoy this moment and watch him. And I'm going to watch this experience. And I thought, you know what, um, I really genuinely realized in that moment, like I, I needed to be out there. I needed to have that time and I need, needed to learn some patience. Cause, um, you know, when you're so busy, you know, everything just, just goes, goes, goes. And so I decided that I wasn't going to take the shot. And I thought, you know what, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just, um, I'm going to kind of set a goal and I'm like, I'm going to sit and hunt until I find a buck that is bigger than the one that I'm looking at. And the one I was looking at was a, a 10 pointer. I was almost afraid to come home and tell my husband because I knew he would <laughs> But the moment, then the night was so special to me. So I just sat for like the next 20 minutes as the sun went down and just soaked it all in. And, and then what I did is I sat for three more years, um, every hunting season. And I waited until I found something bigger, which was an 11 pointer. And so I was able to harvest my first buck as an 11 pointer, which, you know, some people want to, you know, shoot whatever comes out. Everybody's mm -hmm. preference is a little bit different, but for me, it was about learning patience and enjoying the time and just being able to have some of that, um, just ability to enjoy my own land because I had had it for a few years and I sort of felt like I missed out in a, in a way because I was only enjoying it from a different perspective. And right. once I really realized what I had, I just was like, Oh my gosh, how did I miss all of this? And, and then, you know, I just started spending more time in the woods with my kids and then, you know, hunting turned into, you know, mushroom hunting and shed hunting and then bow hunting. And, and then I started um, really understanding like, it wasn't just something that I like to do. I really uncovered my passion and it was something that like just called me. Um, and it was something that literally changed my soul from the inside out. And it is something so special to me because, you know, it took me, you know, in, into my thirties, uh, late thirties, actually, before I actually found my genuine passion, which was, um, being, you know, in the outdoors, but hunting and stuff like that. And so, you know, once I found it, it was literally like an addiction. I just, yeah, I, I my soul was like <laughs> craving it. Like I just needed to do it. And I needed to be in the woods and, um, you know, and then I was just hiking the woods all the time and just enjoying the adventure and the coolness and the neatness of being out there and what it does for a person. It just, um, you know, it was a really, really, really special, um, mesmerizing situation that happened to me. And, you know, even though I'm not married anymore, I'm still very grateful for the opportunity that my ex did encourage me to hunt. Cause for a long time he did encourage me, but I never had any interest in it, but above and beyond that, it really taught me that mindset is the key to so many things because I really wasn't open-minded to the idea of it because I thought, you know, I've always that grown up with a soft heart and, you know, you, you know, shoot, if you run over a squirrel, it's like, I'm going to have a, an episode for a month because I feel so guilty. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, so I was always super sensitive to that. And, you know, I've been hunting for 
oh shoot, 11 or 12 years now. And, um, you know, I still haven't ever harvested a doe for some reason. I have a, a hard time pulling the trigger on a doe, but I've harvested several, several, several bucks. And for some reason that doesn't hurt my feelings. Not that I have anything against men. It's just, I think it's, <laughs> um, you know, it's just one of those things that I don't have any issues with. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I find it very interesting, but I've got two boys that love to hunt. And so they are always freeze, you know, filling our freezers with dough every year, which is um, fantastic. But I think my biggest thing is I just have this thing about, you know, if does are out on the field and they've got their fawns with them, I think it's just a motherly thing for me that it's just hard for me to be able to pull the trigger on that. So Um, but otherwise, you know, just, it's really genuinely done something to me that nothing else in my life has ever done for me. And it's, I, I don't even know how to describe it other than (laughs) the fact that I always say you just can't fake passion. You either have it or you don't. It's something that your body just in your mind says, this is like, this is it. And it's something you think about all the time you want to be doing. And it's where where your soul says you should be. And so I'm just so grateful that I was able to experience that because you know, over half of my life, I never had that. And, you know, it's sad because when my, um, my dad passed away when he was 48, but he used to hunt when, when I was little, like, um, you know, I don't know, under maybe five or six. And I have pictures of me, like, you know, posing, posing with these deer. And it's really just kind of a disappointment because, you know, now that I got older and he passed away young, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to actually hunt with him. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I always say it's really a bummer, but I'll tell you, I, I experienced one of the most unique hunting experiences I've ever had in my, in my entire life. Just a couple of years ago, I was, it's kind of a, a, a strange story. I was in the middle of like, um, I was after just this really big buck that was on our property and I was really kind of massively committed. Like, I mean, I was getting up every morning, every night I was trying all these different spots and it was really, 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 um, almost an obsession to get after this buck. And, um, it was a unique situation because I had, um, a bunch of girlfriends over and I had, um, I don't know if, if you're familiar with like um, psychics or, or things like that, but we had a group reading, just something fun to do. So we had the psychic come over and she did a little uh, group reading with all of my girlfriends. And mm-hmm. she said, I can tell that you're, you know, you are completely like obsessed with something right now. She's like, don't give up because something really special is going to happen. And she's like, it's honest to God, she's like, it's all going to come together and it's going to be really amazing. And so um, so, okay. So that got done and now it was time for me to go hunting. And for whatever reason, I got out to the woods and I decided I wanted to go try a different stand that I'd never uh, sat in before. And, um, so I walked down this trail and I come walking up to the stand and it was like a box stand and it had a door on it so you could open it. And right where the door, I went to open up the door, there was like this sticker, um, it stapled into the wood and it literally said, it all comes together. Whoa. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I like, it's got me dead in my tracks. It was just really, really just this crazy situation. So I opened up the stand and for whatever reason, I sat way to the left. So there's like all this room to the right of me. And for some reason, when I sat down, I just had this super emotional feeling that my dad was sitting next to me, hunting with me. And I like just completely like I'm in the stand, sit down and I just start crying. I just get super emotional because I'm like, holy smokes, like this is the night, like I get to actually hunt with my dad. Um, and so it was really, really cool. And so I knew that night, like I knew I was going to harvest something. I just didn't know what it was. And and generally when I hunt, I, I typically only um, pull the trigger if I know that it's going to go on the wall because I know if my freezers are full, there's really no reason right. for me not you know, to take something that isn't, um, you know, necessary. And so generally speaking, I'm, you know, I'm only going to harvest, you know, probably a, a 10 pointer, maybe an eight or nine. That's really unique. But anyway, so I, I just had this really special emotional, um, hunt with, you know, with the spirit of my dad. And so that night, um, just this really unique, beautiful, it was a seven pointer. It was a really cool buck came out and I'm like, I don't care if you would have been a two pointer. Like I would have actually, you know, I would have harvested that just for the memory of like what was happening that day. And so, 
Um, so yeah, so that was like probably one of my most special hunts. So I was able to actually harvest that, that hunt, but, or that buck, but what's, what's unique about it is that it was, um, early season when I had, had done that. And then later in the season, you know, I kind of figured like that was my special moment, like where it all came together. And then actually later in the season, I ended up getting um, this massive buck that I was really, you know, after. And so it was pretty twofold because it all came together. Literally. Right. <laughs> so right. Just, well, and you're, like, you're, you're kind of going into the, like you've covered a couple things in here and I'm going to, I'm interrupting you because I want, I don't no, want to forget um, what you had said because You've covered three things that really stood out to me. And one is, you know, we all hunt differently and for different reasons. And no matter what that reason is that gets you out there, whether it is an ex-husband or, you know, a person that is not involved in your life anymore, or whether it's because you need and you didn't know you needed that time out, no. uh, but your body knew it, your soul yes. knew it. And um, and I think that that's, I mean, being able to sit there and just enjoy a moment with an, a, a beast of an animal and just sit there. I think that that shows the different sides to a hunter. We're not just out for a kill. We're out to enjoy nature. We love animals. And and that's you talking about being sensitive to running over something. I That's me 100%. If yeah. I run over it, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't to create less pain for an animal and harvesting it. It was out of the blue and I've cried over a rabbit. Like it's, yes, I, know. It, it, I, know. I think that people forget or they don't forget, but they just don't see that sensitive side to hunters. And I'm glad that you brought that up, but man, you gave me chills talking about your dad being next to you because it kind of brings it full circle with a legacy with him hunting and now with you hunting and your kids hunting and just because he's not here physically doesn't mean at all that he's not with you. So, um, and that's really special. Thank you. I really honestly believe that is the neatest like experience I've, I've ever had in the woods other than that very first time that I walked up into that tree stand by myself or that tree, um, well, it was a tree stand. It was just seriously, um, I, it was so, it was honestly, like, I can still feel it right now getting in there and like feeling his essence and his spirit with me. It was from every ounce of my body, from the tip of my toes up to my head. Like I knew I did, I just knew. And I just sat there and I cried like out of gratitude, like Mm -hmm. being so thankful to be able to like have that moment in that situation with him is really, really special. Yeah. And so to be able to like harvest something um that night was just made it even more special. And so I have a very beautiful um um I didn't do like a head mount, but I did a um like a Euro uh, mount. Yeah, your thank you, European mount, but mm-hmm. on the back of it, um um at the time I was dating a really, really um, amazing person who did something amazing for me. He created a, like a wooden um, cross stand, like to to hang the European mount on. And then he put hung like a a necklace across of it because I'm a very faithful person, like over the European mount. And it just, it was like, it's a really beautiful, very special mount that I cherish with every ounce of my being. And so it's just amazing how like hunting can have such an, you know, profound impact on you. And then, you know, it's, you know, then you can have other times where, you know, things don't come together and Mm -hmm. like, you're just sick about it. And, you know, there's, there is a lot of ups and downs when it comes to hunting, but I feel like it's just one of those things that, you know, when you're compelled to be out in the woods, you know, there's a lot of learning that you have to go through and that is oh, true. Man, they're painful learning experiences, but they're so necessary because if you don't experience them and you don't, you know, you don't go through them, you don't know how to make it better the next time, you know, it's just like growing up as a individual, if you don't ever do anything wrong, you don't ever learn that that is wrong. <laughs> no, it's true. It's kind no. of like giving, you know, as a parent, letting go 
is one of the hardest things to do of that control over, you know, whether your child is starting to walk and you want to hold their hand, but they've got to fall. They have to fall to learn how to stand. And it goes on and on. We're about to hit teenage years and that letting go is just a little bit harder. Um, But with, like you said, without making those mistakes or without having those days that are so difficult, without that, you a, don't have a drive to get that back out, you know, get back out there and go for what you are searching for. Uh, but you're also not learning and overcoming. And I think it's sure. that overcoming because the next time you do it right and everything comes together, you enjoy it so much more. I couldn't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just tell you a, a really quick story about that exact example um, after I went through my divorce, it was a very, very long divorce and it was, um, very traumatic. And so I knew that I needed to do something in my life to kind of just make sure I was still alive and that I still had it in me. Cause mm-hmm. I had a lot of goals and dreams that I was working towards. And so I, um, I decided that I wanted to go to Idaho and go on a bear hunt. And so I went, um, I went on this bear hunt and it wasn't a over a bait bear hunt. It was a spot and stock. So I knew it was going to be a challenge and, um, it was a spring hunt. And when we got there, man, we overcome, we had to overcome so much difficult situations and environmental, um, <laughs> struggles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went through rainstorms and snowstorms and, Uh, just freezing cold weather. And it was in the spring. And and we, I mean, we hiked 13 hour days. Uh, One day we, we hiked, um, it was a three hour hike to get to the top of where we're going. And we got up and we glassed for like two hours. We didn't see anything. So we made three hour trip back down. And of course, then we looked back up again and we seen uh, right where we just were, there was two bears, a black bear and a cinnamon. And my (laughs) guide is like, are you kidding me? (laughs) And he's like, so we're now, you know, it's eight hours in. And so he looks up there and he's like, well, what do you want to do? He's like, we can either go all the way back or we can go home. And I'm like, you know, I was exhausted. And I'm like, you know, I came here to get a bear. So yeah. let's, let's go. And he looked at me like, oh, woman, you are insane. And <laughs> Sometimes so we are. <laughs> I know. So we got all the way back up there and thank God it was a full moon that night because it was really bright. And unfortunately we weren't able to get on the bears, but we did see him for a while the the black bear must have been in heat and the cinnamon was missing and so he just was back and forth back and forth back and forth like looking for her like a, literally like a mad bear so I wasn't able to really get a, a good shot on him but it was 10 o'clock at night and so we're on the top of the mountain knowing we had you know many hours to get back off of the mountain so we ended up having we had no food left we had no gear to spend the night we literally um we ended up having to spend the night on top of the mountain because getting off of the mountain in the pitch dark, you know, with somebody like myself that wasn't experienced on climbing mountains and I was exhausted. Uh, we just, we ended up having to start a fire and spent the night on the mountain and it actually ended up being mother's day, which was so crazy. Awesome. And, um, it was just, the stars were beautiful. It was a really cold and really miserable night to be honest, but it was pretty special to have that experience and to be like, Oh, I spent the night on the mountain. Yeah, you did. (laughs) No no food and I survived. And, um, and it was really just really cool. But, um, so the, the point of my whole story is, um, the next day we got home and I had been there for five days and, you know, the guide was like, man, you have just gone through so much, so hard, so much hardship. He's like, we finally are on the bears. He's like, I, you know, I just, I feel for you. So he ended up giving me two more days to hunt. And so I had to make some last minute calls and I had to switch my flights and make sure my kids were okay and everything was okay with work. So I got everything changed and we just went into like massive, like, bear mode. He's like, all right, we got two days to make this happen. Let's go make it happen. So we just got back out on the mountain and we just hammered on it. And the last, um, the last night, the last minute, the last second, it legit all came together. The bear showed up where it was supposed to. I mean, when you're spot and stalking, you have no idea. I mean, it's true. Anywhere. It's true. Yeah. So it was just, um, it literally all came together and it's kind of a unique story because where I was sitting, um, I was 
a little bit lower and my guide was probably 20 yards above me. So he had a different view than what I did. And we're sitting there and he said, Oh my God, Dana, take your safety off. And so I took my safety off very quietly and I started my tacticam. Um, for listeners that don't know what a tacticam is, it's a camera that attaches to your gun so you can record your hunt. And so I started that up and it was very, very quiet. And the guide said to me, Oh my gosh, Dana, the bear heard you take your safety off. And I thought, how in the heck can he hear me? If he, that means he's right. really close and I couldn't see him. And so He's so my guide says, Dana, oh my gosh, shoot. And I'm like, shoot, I can't see a bear anywhere. And he's like, he's literally standing up. So the bear heard me take my safety off. So he stood up on two legs to like look up to see what he had heard. Oh my but goodness. From where I was sitting, I couldn't see him. So I was just like, oh no. So then the bear ends up getting down and he runs, you know, in front of me. So I'm able to get a shot. So I take the shot. And at the end of the hunt afterwards, he's like, I'm so bummed that you missed him standing um, on his two legs. And I'm like, oh, that would have been so cool to see. Mm -hmm. I was a little disappointed about that. But, um, you know, obviously I was super excited that I was able to harvest this, this big old bear. And um, what was so unique about it is that it was the struggle, man. I mean, oh, 13 yeah. hours hiking through rainstorms and snowstorms and getting on the bears and not being able to get a shot and just like sitting in this, this terribly cold weather and pushing through. And then when it finally all comes together, it's just like it made the hunt so, so special because we overcame so many things to get to where we were and had that guide not given me you know, seen my determination and given me two more days, you know, I would have went home empty handed, but right. instead I didn't have to. But the beauty of it is, is when I got home and I watched the footage from my Tacticam, the Tacticam was a wide angled camera. So it actually caught the footage of the bear standing on his two. No way. <laughs> yes. So I couldn't see him from the angle the camera actually did. So I was able to actually see the bear standing on two legs. So it was so cool. It made the whole hunt all totally come together. Wow. And it was so awesome. It was like the neatest experience ever. And so that is just um, a really, really cool, um, special story about overcoming challenges and like realizing that, you know, I was still literally alive on the inside because yeah. I was able to put all of those difficult things. And it just kind of brought me back to life. I'm like, okay, if I can get through divorce, I can get through all of this challenges. Like I am equipped to do anything and everything that I want to accomplish. And it just kind of, um, you know, switched the light back on for mm -hmm. me. So it was really, really awesome. And that's what I love best about hunting is that it can do so much for you that you don't even, you can't even imagine. No. And it's just so special on so many levels. And I think that's what just keeps me coming back for more because it does so much for me and it allows me to do so much for others because I love to, you know, inspire other people to get out and try new things, even if it's not hunting, um, you know, it's just it's that just mantra. About, it's that mantra. I yeah. can do it. I can do it. Yeah. I can do it. I love, um, you know, the little engine that could, I remember reading it as a kid. I remember reading it to my kids and I think it has more profound <laughs> meaning to me yeah. as an adult reading it. And I don't, it's, it's crazy that a children's story can truly have so much impact on you as an adult in reading I can do it. I can do it. You yeah. just push, just yeah. push a little bit harder. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. It's going to like, it's going to be grimy. You are going to have to just grit it together. But the end result is going to come together in beauty. And I think so it, it doesn't always come as a harvest that beauty, that victory. Yeah, and, exactly. you know, looking back over this past season, we had, we had a couple of things happen at the beginning of our deer season this past year where we lost uh, a piece of property that we had been hunting for years and years and years. And it was going to be my kids first season hunting. And we found out the night before that they weren't going to be allowed to hunt. Oh, no. And, I mean, nine o'clock at night, we were ready to go for a 4.30 a.m. Oh. go. And and we heard, hey, that's not going to happen. They had worked all season prepping, you know, mineral sites, everything. And it just it wasn't going to happen. And so my mindset in that 
short moment was, well, our season is shot, right? It's, yeah. it's the season has started. We're going to have to spend this whole next season figuring things out. We're just, we're not going to be able to hunt. And the mindset had to switch. Yeah. Within that night and the next morning, I had to sleep on it and then change my whole way of thinking to, yeah. okay, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to stretch our wings, to move a little bit further than out of that comfort zone. Public land mm-hmm. is all around us. So let's get started. And yeah. it was grueling through part of it. It was hard. It was a lot of footwork, boots on the ground, grit going through it. And when we looked back on the season, it wasn't during the season, but at the end of the season, looking back at how much we had grown as a family and as individuals, it was outstanding. That 2020 vision, that hindsight was it was a victory. And yes, we all, except for my daughter, my daughter had decided that she did not want to pull the trigger this year, which is perfectly fine. But the rest of us were successful. I got a doe, my husband got two does and my son got his first deer. And so looking back on that, what could have been what I was seeing in a fraction of a moment as of being the worst season that we were going to have ended up being probably my most favorite season. Oh, that's so awesome. But it is, it's that, that grit, that hard work, that disappointment that is overcome by looking at victory in a different way. And I think that that, like you were saying earlier, it is a mindset. It's something that you have to, you have to tweak your way of seeing things and, and that victory doesn't have to be a harvest. A harvest is great. Filling our freezer is something very important to us. But but the, exactly. the moments that we got to spend with our kids out there, the learning that we have done this year on public land, the people that we have met, the people we have talked to, it, the, it has been tremendous. Uh, just it's been a great year. So I there are no complaints, even though the beginning of it looked like it was going to be a crapshoot of a year. I I definitely agree. I um I had a situation where I ended up swapping a hunt with some people where they came out to my property and they they took us out to Idaho to hunt on uh, public land and so they told us, make sure you send us your money right away so we can get your elk tags right away. And um, so we did that. And then um, they had ended up getting a new job. And so they were really busy. So they didn't go get our elk tags right away. They were like a day late. And when they went in to get our elk tags, like the tags were all sold out. So we ended up, um, yeah, so we were disappointed about that, but we ended up getting mule deer tags, which was perfectly fine. So we still were able to go on the hunt, but um, so we went on the hunt and we've never really ever hunted public land before. And Mm so we knew it was going to be an adventure. And, um, I, I took my son with me cause I really wanted it to be, um, um, just something really special for the two of us. And so we, we went out to Idaho and we just had the best time. Like we literally enjoyed every ounce of it. We didn't end up harvesting anything, but mm-hmm. you know, to, to come home and have my son who was, you know, turning 18 at that time, um, you know, be able to say like, this is one of the best hunts I've ever gone on. Like to me, completely worth it. Mm -hmm. And so it was just really super special. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, there's so many great things that can come of it. And, um, my, uh, same son, we both definitely enjoyed a hunt. Um, I had taken him to Texas for his 17th birthday to, to go hog hunting. And, uh, you know, we went out there and we just had, it's just such a great experience. We had, um, we went to, um, Oh, the Four Amigos Ranch. Dan mm-hmm. Brock is the owner of that company, and he, he, um, he, we came out there, and I was the only woman in, in camp. So I was there was like seventeen of us, and it was <laughs> it was really kind of cool because you know there's all these men out there hunting, and then it's Jaden and I, and Jaden's seventeen, and you know we're all sitting in this in the dining hall, and you know the conversation to Jaden were these men saying you know if you're not like appreciating this or like really seeing the value, like really soak it in because they're all like, 
I would have done anything to go hunting with my mom at your age. Aww. Like how cool would that have been? Exactly. So it was just, you know, even though it was cool to be there with him, like, I think he just got a different perspective from other people too. So that made it like even more special. And well, and from um, other so, men, right? Other yes. men outside of his family, he was yep. hearing them encourage that. And that's awesome. That's something that you don't hear of often. And so I, that's huge uh, yeah. to get that. It really- it really was. And so, you know, and, and I didn't ever really look at it from that perspective because I just looked, that's how we've been for years. And so, but to see it from another person's mm-hmm. perspective, to be able to say, man, if my mom would have taken me hunting when I was your age, like what a game changer. And right. so that was really, really, really special. And, you know, and I believe that, you know, as kids get older, you know, things change and I, you know, I, I want to be able to have those memories with my kids and those moments and, you know, you just don't ever get that time back. And so I feel like it's just something that is important for me to want to spend that time. And I'm, I am blessed with, you know, having some land here in Wisconsin. And so whether we're out in Texas or Idaho or wherever we are, it's still just as amazing to, to be at my own home with my kids, mm-hmm. whether we're out coon hunting, coyote hunting, whitetail hunting, hunting for mushrooms or hunting for sheds. You know, the memory is a memory. It doesn't matter which state you're in making it. And to me, like, that's what I take away most because I value that time with my kids. Exactly. And there's, you know, there's the debate of which is better, public land hunting or private land hunting. And they each have their special parts to them. There's the, there's the drive and the heart and the grit and the, the constant, um, change of public land and yet private land to be able to walk the same path in, in years to come that you walked in the past alongside of somebody else, those memories come flooding back. The smells, I think that hunting, in itself awakens my senses more than anything else. And I mean, music can do that, but uh, I, I really do believe that being outdoors, you've got your sense of smell. You, you can taste things. I can taste the air, the dewy air in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can, you can smell, you can, I, it, there's, the feeling of cold or heat or how it changes time over the time of your hunt from being warm to being cold, everything heightens your senses. And those memories are so vivid when you look back on them and it's, you can't change that and it's perfect. So to remember those things and to walk those paths of private property that you've had for years, you can be out there scouting or changing out cameras or fixing things and be standing in a spot that you go, oh, this was where we saw such and such, or this is where um, that hunt came together, or this is where I saw uh, the most beautiful animal I've ever seen and I didn't take a shot. This is where my dad sat beside me. Like this is, it's... I, there are good there are good points to both public and private. I definitely definitely agree with you and and um, you know speaking of my land, um, we had talked a little bit before um, when I was married. I, I had, uh, we had about 500 acres of land uh, together when we were married. And, and when we were getting separated, I knew that I was going to be getting some of that land. Mm-hmm. But uh, back then my husband took care of the land. He checked the trail cameras. He did the food plots, uh, you know, and I, I worked a lot. And so I just at hunting season, I'd roll up and hunt. And that was just kind of the way that our relationship worked. He took care of the land. I took care of, uh, you know, the day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. And so at the time it was a good fit for each other. But once the realization of, um, you know, just cause my marriage is ending that my love and passion for hunting isn't, you know, wow, now I'm going to really have to learn how to take right. care of my lanes and, and really step up. And, you know, how am I going to do this? I had my kids to help me, but I was really put in a situation where I was like forced to have to learn. And so I thought, how am I going to do this? And how, you know, where can I get this education? And so I decided that I wanted to create a Facebook group where mm-hmm. I could bring like-minded people together yep. and 
ask questions in an environment where other people knew the answers, but I didn't have to put it like out on Facebook and kind of feel intimidated because, you know, I didn't know the answers. And, you know, I've always been a connector. I've always been like a matchmaker where I, I bring, you know, like-minded people together in my day-to-day job as a recruiter. And um, I thought, you know, I, I'm really passionate about bringing people together to connect for different reasons. And so I thought, you know, how cool would it be if we could, if I could start a group, I couldn't, you know, ask these people these questions that I needed to learn. And again, I had land in Wisconsin, but I really love to hunt out West. And I thought, well, what if we could do some hunting swaps? You know, what if people wanted to come hunt in Wisconsin and, you know, I'm going through a divorce. So, you know, obviously paying all these outfitter fees really wasn't an option at right. that time. And so I, so I decided to, to, to start this group and I named it hunting for connections because I wanted people to be able to, um, you know, be in this group. And, and I knew it would be something where I would allow outfitters and fishing charters to, to come in, promote their companies, but I wanted them to offer the members of the group a discount so that people who wouldn't normally have access to deals or discounts or finding these outfitters, you know, would have an opportunity to, you know, come together, it would help the outfitter get some more business. It would help mm-hmm. the member because they're getting a deal. And so I just, I had this in my head that I wanted to create something that would be a value to people. And so, well, um, let's, let's created- just, let's just admit really quick that community is everything, whatever oh. you're in, whatever your passions are, having a community around you, that is like-minded is imperative because we don't have all of the answers. And like you said, you were a little bit intimidated to put those questions out there, but it should be, and it is for the most part, a welcome thing to hear people ask the questions because there are so many people out there with the answers. You just might not be connected to that person yet. So it's a great idea, Dana. Well, I appreciate that so much. And, and, you know, as time was going on, you know, I'm going through this divorce. I never told anybody in the group that I was, I just, Mm -hmm. um, but the great thing of it was, is I was meeting new friends. I was, you know, asking questions. I was getting the resources that I needed. And I started to let people, you know, do some promotion and, and, um, you know, started swapping hunts and, you know, pretty soon I'm getting these messages from people just saying, you know, I love this group. I'm so glad that you started it. I got a really good deal on this hunt, or I got a really good, great price on this fishing trip. And Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, my kids and I, this, or, you know, um, I just made some new friends and it be a special, special opportunity. People were really enjoying the group and it started to grow and, And, um, you know, now we just, it's consistently growing in a, in a, in a way where, you know, more people are, are coming on and and promoting and more people are coming in and sharing, you know, their favorite passions Mm -hmm. and, you know, do ask a question or we do, you know, whatever we post something about our, our haunts or fishing trips. Like you don't worry about somebody bringing you down, you know, giving you a hard time like you would generally on Facebook if they don't believe in what, you know, you believe in. And it, it is really a bummer when you're super proud of something you've accomplished and then mm-hmm. you're always going to have a couple people posting on there, you know, uh, negative things. And right. so in the group, you know, you don't worry about that. It's just common people who enjoy the same passions that are super excited about what you've done. And it's super uplifting because everybody supports you and, um, you know, gets excited with you and you can share your, you know, your adventures with these people. And it's just a really uplifting place to be. And so, um, it's just been a great experience and the group is consistently growing. And so, um, you know, I'm, I feel really blessed to have created something really special that has helped a lot of people. Oh, I bet. Have you, and I know, so there was a, a person, a, a friend of mine on Instagram the other day who, who retracted a, an outfitter, um, a fishing company that they had used in the past and said, Hey, I had a great experience, but recently, um, Fishing trips have been canceled. Money has been taken. Like there are things that have not worked. You might need to not go with this company. Do you, are you able to, or do you see some of that in your Facebook group kind of warnings? Because in whatever you're doing, you're going to have people who take advantage, right? There, there are going to be those groups out there. There's going to be people out there who prey 
on the passions that you have. And so warnings can be important. We don't want to, there's a difference between putting somebody down and being truthful and honest, right? Yep. Yep. And there is, um, we do allow that as well, as long as it's not from a malicious point of view. And I think you can generally feel that in the post, whether it's coming from just, um, uh, you know, somebody that is malicious or if somebody really did have a poor experience. And you know what? Any business can have a poor experience, yes. but it's how you, how that business goes about fixing it. Exactly. And, yes. You know, because you can't control weather. You can't control no, every no. situation. One person's perspective of how it turned out isn't the same as how another person's perspective panned out. And so a lot of times, if, not a lot, but if that does happen, you know, it's, um, we kind of look at it as let's do a little bit of research here. Mm-hmm. So we'll go and look at it reviews and, and kind of make that decision on if it is just somebody being salty or not. And yeah. then, um, we'll kind of go from there, but you'll find generally speaking that if one person says that the comments are either going to be, Oh, I had that same experience. Yeah. Don't go with that. Or right. other will pipe up and say, you know, I went there and they were awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, as long as the, you know, it doesn't get too out of hand, we definitely will allow that. Thankfully it doesn't happen all that often, but the Good. truth of the matter is not everything will be perfect, but, mm-hmm. um, we definitely also try to showcase the ones that did something superior exactly. and, you know, when because that's, we want to help those people as well. So, well, it's kind of so like yeah. if I, if I have, you know, if, if something out of my control, out of their control happens, like you said, it's how the response to that is. And no, I would not, if I pay a ton of money to go out on an elk hunt and I don't get an elk, you know what? That happens. That is a part of hunting, whether you are hunting whitetail, turkeys, what I know that that's a possibility. I'm not yeah. going to expect them to give me a free exactly. extra days. I'm not going to expect any of that. But if one of the guides turns out to be, you know, not of, up, you know, proper professional means. Yes. Um, or if, uh, something happens that is in control that should not have happened, you know, those things can happen. I understand that completely, but it's how the company, like you said, responds to that and takes care of it. That can happen. And if a company responds perfectly and professionally to it, (laughs) I would still hunt with them to this day. Uh, yes, it, I definitely agree. Yeah, it's totally different when something like that happens and it's not um, taken care of professionally. That it, or you go on a hunt or you book a hunt and they take your money and a hunt never happens. Like those are right. the things yeah. that are important to hear about, to be careful and wary of. I agree. And, and from, from that, I always recommend individuals, if they're going to do that, is to do some research and get lists of testimonials from other people yes. so that so that they can be sure that when they do put that deposit down, it is legit and stuff like that. But yeah, I want to hear from people. I want to talk to them. Yeah. I want to message them back and forth. Hey, how is your experience? How is your exactly. hunt? I don't want to hear if you harvested this yeah. great 13 point whatever or this massive bull. Like I, that's not necessarily what I'm looking for. I'm looking for professionalism. I'm looking for honesty, integrity in a business. I'm looking for how they take care of women because let's be honest. That's important. Um, so those are the things that I'm looking for. It has nothing to do with the actual harvest. Right. I agree. And, and more importantly too, if, if anybody ever goes to Africa to def- definitely do their due diligence yes. on that, just from different country, you got to make sure that because they're going to obviously want a down payment and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's important to make sure you do your research there, which most people know, but some people don't know. So right. it's good give that advice but but yeah so hunting has definitely changed my life it has um um it has been something that's super special and I don't foresee it going away for a long time in my heart and soul and so it's something I look forward to every year and mm-hmm. I just I feel blessed to have had the experience and I'm so glad that I you know shifted my mindset from going to I don't have any interest in that until I will try. And that's really taught me a lot of life for other areas that 
you know, you may not think you're going to like it, but if you try it and you don't like it, then move on. If you try it and you like it and it becomes something that's special to you, then wow, what a win. And you know, that's kind of on you if you're not willing to try it. And it's true. So I'm just glad that I did. <laughs> it's kind of like I tell my kids, you know, you have to, you have to at least eat one bite. <laughs> you have yeah, to, right. you know, I mean, people can be picky with their food, especially when you're cooking wild game. And so yes. when you have guests over, it's the perfect way of introducing them to hunting is, Hey, we're going to have, you know, venison burgers, or we're going to have, you know, something easy, something simple, some, st- uh, some spaghetti or chili, or, you know, something that, uh, wouldn't necessarily turn them off or away from it. And so that's just trying one bite. And that goes into what you're saying. Just take that extra step. Just try this thing that you've never tried before. And it is a great mindset to, to apply to many different parts of your life. Agreed. Without a doubt. What's on your, what's on your schedule for this year? Because it's been, you know, everybody that I've talked to you, things of course have changed, whether it has been, um, you know, national, like within the country hunts, those have been changed. Of course, out of country hunts have been changed, but, um, what, what do you have on your docket for this year? Yeah. So this year I kept it pretty low key because I did just launch a new business. Mm-hmm. And so my plan for this year was I was going to Iowa to, and I did, I went to Iowa turkey hunting uh, with a good friend of mine, Tara Peel. And she, um, she took me hunting a couple years ago and she har- helped me harvest my first turkey. It took me five years to get oh, my girl, first turkey. I'm on two years. So, <laughs> yes, I know. Those little stinkers are. They are. Little rascals, but mm-hmm. um, so I went out there three weeks or three weekends in a row, um, and and we didn't end up getting one, but we had a couple close experiences and some really great memories, and so that was sort of my um, my trip for the year, simply because I, like I said, I just launched a new business, and yeah. so my focus is really staying, getting getting that you know off the ground, and and you know, and that needs my attention, and so that has that's really where my focus is this year. And I know I'll be hunting whitetails here at home and Mm -hmm. um, yeah, turkey hunted here in Wisconsin as well. So, Hey, a new um, business is nothing to, (laughs) nothing to lay back about. That is a huge thing. Yes, it really is. And so that's kind of my core focus. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my life, my life calling and my life goal is to, to help others to really just make a difference and to give back. And so this new business allows me to do that. And so I've been working really hard at getting it off the ground. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. And it's live. It's ready to go. It's, you're just. It is. It is. I I launched um, a a business that I've been working on for a while. It's also called Hunting for Connections Mm -hmm. and it is online dating and friending site for outdoor enthusiasts. So we connect people four different ways through friendship, dating, relationship, or just looking for other outdoor activity partners. And um, so our goal right now is to just genuinely get as many people to the site so that they can start meeting new people and making connections and friendships. And, and um, you know, if they are looking for a relationship, that gives them that option to do that too. But we're striving to be different than all the rest of the sites out there. We want to be, uh, you know, a business of value. So people and members that are signed up, they get access to, you know, certain deals and discounts and um, member rewards that they're not going to find on any other site. So we're working really hard at building brand partnerships and just trying to bring value to to our members. And so it's special because, you know, right now um, the service is free for them to utilize it um, and it will be for a while as we build our database but in time um you know there you know there obviously will be a fee i mean they they can they can become a paying member at this point if they want to mm-hmm. but basically our goal is to once we become profitable is to really start to give back to the outdoor community so that we can keep the outdoors as you know as blessed and beautiful as it is now so more people down the road can enjoy it and so that's really our mission to to give back to the outdoors and to you know help connect like-minded people and hopefully you know change some lives for the better good you know i being married i would not necessarily um be interested in the dating part of it at this point in time i joke i joke husband i joke uh but i being a woman 
in my hunting community here close by, it's very hard to find other women to hunt with. It's uh, you have to travel and that's perfectly fine by me, but it would be nice to have and know of people in my community that are within an arm reach to be able to go fishing with or go hunting with. And so I can see how this would be an excellent source uh, to be able to find that out of. And and it is, it can be hard. You have the BOW, you've got the, you know, Becoming Outdoor Women programs around. You've got lots of different things like that. But to be able to have conversations with, like you said, like-minded people, especially women around me that I would love to hunt with would be pivotal. I agree. And that was sort of my, um, you know, one of my theories on why I created that part of the site because I live in a rural community and I don't know, I think there's maybe only one other, maybe two women that I know for sure around here that love to get into the outdoors and do the same things that I do. And so, um, I was just like, how do I connect with other like-minded people Mm -hmm. that might want to go shoot archery or just, you know, whatever, go fishing or go for a And, um, you know, and there's just, there are ways to connect with people where, you know, you can get to know them a little bit, but before you make the decision, if you want to spend a little bit of time with them, you know, I'm a firm believer that every great relationship, whether it's love or friendship Mm -hmm. starts with one great conversation. Uh And so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, so that's just a great way to, to have it. Well, (laughs) and if you think about it, the, uh, it's a great way for people who, don't have a whole lot of years in the outdoors and in hunting and in fishing to under their belts to find mentors, to find somebody that they can ask those questions to, like you were saying, uh, to, you know, I've had a couple of women in my area reach out, hey, how do I get started? And I'm excited about that. It, It overjoys me to be able to say, hey, look up hunter safety. That's your first step. Yes. Like that, that, and then let's go from there. It's so exciting and gratifying to help somebody enter our community. But being on the other side of that was so intimidating to me. Being the newbie is so intimidating. So to find groups of people that you can have conversations with who are close by or who, like you said, might not be, but you can go and visit and go hunt with them and create the camaraderie within our community is a, I love that. Yeah, I do too. And I'm, I'm hopeful that more people through even the site will be open-minded to trying new things Mm -hmm. because again, when they try new things, they might just uncover something really special. And so I'm hopeful that that will, that will be something that will come from this as well as, you know, maybe some true love stories, which, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, it's, you know, I'm passionate about promoting healthy relationships built strong in the outdoors, whether it's friendship or love and either one, if you're in the outdoors, you can't go wrong. It's true. It's very true. (laughs) Dana, well, good luck with that. I'm excited to see where it's going to grow this year. And I appreciate your time hanging out with me today. Um, I truly, truly enjoyed this conversation and I love hearing the stories. I think I still get chill bumps thinking about you sitting in that stand and feeling your dad's presence. That's, that's pretty awesome. Thank you. I, I will cherish that uh, experience for the rest of my life. It's a true blessing. Well, tell everybody really quick how they can follow you and how they can yeah. connect with you. Yeah, definitely. So our Facebook group, again, is hunting the number four connections. It has nothing to do with dating. It's just hunting and fishing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is an orange logo on Facebook. So hunting for connections. And then they can also follow our hunting for connections page. And that's under H4C. Um, um, so we have two different logos just to keep it separate. But they can always look me up at Dana Sasha. Um, 
uh, yeah, on Facebook. So by all means, I, I definitely am interested in connecting with people or if anybody wants to c- collaborate for yes. uh, brand partnerships, we've got um, brand brand ambassadors that help us promote um, Hunting for Connections, the, the friending and online dating site, and we've got some great benefits for that. So by all means, feel free to reach out for that. But for anybody that does want to sign up for the site, it is, uh, it's free to sign up. Everyone right now gets a hundred free tokens where they can go on there, start talking to people for free see if there's people in their area yet. And then additionally, they get entered into a lot of giveaways. We've got some awesome giveaways coming up. We've got a shotgun hunt in Illinois, a bow hunt in Illinois, a fishing trip in Illinois, um, a hog hunt in Texas. We just got a ton of great little uh, awesome special giveaways that we're, we've got coming up, a romantic getaway. So, I mean, there's just a lot of really cool things. Very, very cool. Well, thank you, Dana. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. I really value your time. Thanks for sharing some of your stories with me as well. And I look forward to our next conversation. Yes, ma'am. All right. Go find Dana on Instagram and Facebook. Look up Hunting for the Number Four Connections if you are interested in a relationship in the outdoors with someone or a friendship with someone near to you, a connection with like-minded people. Thank you, Dana.